Welcome to CEO Money. I'm Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. All right, I've got Bo Henderson, CEO of Rich Life Advisors, on the show with us today. Bo, how have you been? Good, Michael. How's it going? I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you're here. All right, give our audience, it's been a little while since you were on the show, give our audience some background on what it is that you specialize in, and then I've got some questions for you. Absolutely. You know, I think the thing, I believe the, the retirement planning model that we see for the most part out there is broken or at best incomplete and one of the things i realized and this is by having over three thousand conversations and even me with people going through this transition from working life to retirement is that we need to be having conversations beyond the spreadsheet and michael what i mean by that is yes the financial plan needs to make sense the math has to work but we also need to make sure we're creating a financial plan that's moving towards a life that's actually fulfilling and exciting to us because I've seen a lot of people do things because their neighbor said they should, a brother-in-law said they should, and they got there and it wasn't quite the right plan for them. So I believe what we're going to see in the next five to 10 years is a more holistic approach to retirement planning. And I'm just trying to get out in the forefront and get that message out there because I've seen it be the way people really want to be treated. Let's dive into that, a holistic approach to, to retirement planning. Break that out for us. You know, I think that there's been so much um, emphasis and focus, and, and I go back 17 years when I started in this industry, on, on the math and the spreadsheet. And I think the important thing to say is that it, it's a crucial component. The money has to work. You've got to figure out a plan to have more income coming in, the expenses going out, if the plan's going to be successful. But I also notice a disconnect because I have example after example after example of uh, the, the first story that made me really passionate about thinking through these things a little differently was my story of the miserable multimillionaire guy i went to his house i was very excited he was who i thought i wanted to be as a business person and within five minutes got into his mansion door he realized his third wife had just left his kids no longer speak to him his health was failing had more money than he could spend but was absolutely miserable so i believe what we really started shifting to is this idea of let's make sure we're utilizing this money as a tool to create a life that really means something to us. All right. Talk to me about where you're structuring the investments. We've got a really ever-changing landscape right now. I mean, missiles are going off in the Middle yeah. East. Uh, we've got people, CEOs across the country saying we might be going into a recession. You know, people with retirement plans right about now are starting to wonder what they really should be doing. Yeah, you know, I think if our window's short, meaning most of the planning, most of the tools out there, really, they're set up for accumulating assets over a working career for the most part. Uh, and we really need to, if we're in the 10-year window of needing to draw money, we really need to start thinking about how do we distribute these assets? How do we pay as little tax and get actually use as much money on these assets as possible? And I think one of the easiest ways to explain it is really to focus uh, maybe away from the, the products, which is what's really pushed out there for the most part more on the strategy and one of the ways I found to explain that that really makes sense and creates a, a, a strategy that um, would be viable to sustain a, a person or a couple or a family for 30 plus years 
is what I call retirement timeline segmentation. And what I mean there, Michael, is let's get really clear. What are the things we're going to need that first year of retirement? Right? That's pretty much going to be a cash position, but let's get clear on what that number is. That, that, would, that would be an emergency fund. And tell me, you tell me you're going to redo a basement or something and we're going to need $60,000. That needs to go in that one-year liquid money. And then the next timeline piece we really need to focus on is that, that next 10 years of retirement. And that's the segment of our assets that we really need to make sure they're positioned in a way bonds, bond alternatives, and there's some tricks with bonds right now, which we can talk about in a minute. Um, but we need to make sure that they're positioned in a way that there's some certainty that we can count on that money because we need to count on that paycheck that first 10 years of retirement. And then whatever's left, we can get long-term market averages and try to hedge inflation with some more aggressive typical market growth, more like you would see in an accumulation phase. So I think sometimes when we put a structure to it, think of it as buckets of money or timeline segmentation, the way I describe it, uh, people start seeing it as, okay, I can see now all these puzzle pieces I've accumulated being put into a strategy that actually makes sense to me. And I'll tell you one thing, 3,000 conversations, and I've had less it's layers on one hand of people that could tell me they have a strategy they understand and they're confident in. So if you can just make that your goal, you're ahead of almost all your peers. What investment vehicles are you finding value in these days for the, the retirement people that you work with? We're doing a lot of, uh, we're still doing a lot of dividend companies to help off offset some of the volatility as far as, as market volatility. That, that we're, we believe that that's coming sooner than later. Um, and we talked about the economic environment. You start hearing these things, they're very scary. Um, you even see some minor panic, you know, the inverted yield curve. You start hearing a lot of that. And then I find the same thing. A lot of people don't really know what that means. So. Let's explain that. Let's see why that might be a warning sign that we should work on that. Um, the tariffs, all those things. I think we're at, we're at a tipping point that just one piece of news. To be able to overcome that. Okay. So if, are, are you getting into a demographic that's younger and younger these days or is there a demographic that you find where people are actually waking up uh, later in life to really deal with their retirement issues you know the average person in this country doesn't start really planning on the for their retirement to 53 years old and it's because they've been busy with their careers and raising a family uh, but but the sweet spot is a 10-year window. If, if the goal is, say, 62, 65, 66, so if we have a 10-year window, there's a lot more we can do to position from a tax perspective uh, to really get that strategy that I was talking about dialed in. Because really what we're going to do is we want to get there in the best position possible. Uh, most often what happens, especially in this country, uh, we take a reactive approach to retirement. We just kind of get there, and then when something bad happens, we try to address it. So you'll hear me out there. Let's proactively address this. Let's spend six, eight, ten years ahead of retirement planning to get there in the best position possible. And that's where you see people um, in, in the, you know, they have more options, they have more tools, they have more flexibility. They can do a lot more to reduce their taxes and actually increase their overall retirement income when they're proactive in that manner. Got it. Any words of wisdom and imparting before we end the, today's program you want to put out to the audience? I think the key is there's a couple things. It's one is that 
let's pay attention to not just the math or the spreadsheet making sense because one thing I've learned in over 17 years is that when we're dealing with people and we're dealing with life, it's not always going to play out just like the spreadsheet. Actually, it, it seldom will. So we got to have flexibility and we got to make sure we have contingencies within our plan because if it's too rigid, it will fail. And then the other piece is let's also start thinking and exploring what, who will I be in retirement? Uh, Michael, one of, the, one of the stories that happened just a couple weeks ago, I was talking to a Delta pilot here in Atlanta, and they retired him at 65, and when he got home, he immediately started dealing with some severe anxiety and depression because for the first time in his life, he didn't walk down the terminal and have, a, have this feeling of respect with people looking at him and kind of parting out of the way as he went down with his uniform. So it changed. His identity as a pilot was no longer there. So things like identity, relevancy, how are my relationships impacted? I think those are a lot of things we should think about and then tie a successful financial plan to moving towards who I might be now in retirement and have fun. This is the time to experiment. Maybe do all the things you never got to do because you were too busy working and raising a family and experiment and see. I think looking forward to retirement is actually a, a positive, fun, exciting time as opposed to a stressful um, time with a lot of fear and anxiety. And, and again, that takes work and that takes transition. And the biggest mistakes I see is just waiting until it happens and then trying to figure it out. Got it. All right, Bo, thanks for being a guest on today's show. Thanks so much, Michael. You're welcome. All right, you've been watching CEO Money with Michael Gorba. Thanks for joining with us. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.